0: I'm Josh and I'm Gabriel and today on reading the gospel we are studying the event where the paralytic was lowered through the roof this is again found in the three gospels we've been studying Matthew 9 2 through 8 Mark 2 1 through 12 and Luke 5 17 through 26 we will be reading from Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Follow along. And
1: when Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home, and many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them, and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men and when they could not get near him because of the crowd they removed the roof about him and when they had made an opening they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay and when jesus saw their faith he said to the paralytic son your sins are forgiven
0: but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. I love this story. This is a typical miracle as a sign.
1: Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is there preaching the gospel, fulfilling his first and the most important uh, goal of his ministry.
0: I, I see this as a couple miracles happening all at once because, one, the, this paralytic could not get to Jesus on his own. And so he needed someone to help get him there. So he had friends who were willing to take him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second miracle is when they get there, you know, they they can't get in. The house is so crowded, there's no way in. So they they don't give up and go home. They go up on the roof and they start taking apart the roof mm-hmm. so they can get down in there. And then they, they get there and Jesus forgives his sins. Do you think that's what they were wanting, the forgiveness of his sins?
1: I don't know about the other four, but it seems that uh, this man was looking for that. Mm-hmm. And Jesus Christ responding to his deepest need son a very nice way to address a sick person mm-hmm. son your sins are forgiven we do not have his answer his feedback we don't know what uh, the other four friends said we only know what the rest of the crowd was thinking in their hearts but uh, I see it like a, like a miracle right yeah it is unexpected it is surprising Mm -hmm. it is deep and it is cutting all the way to the root cause of the problem
0: and when you live a life and you're told time and time again that you were a sin you were born paralyzed or you're paralyzed and therefore you are a sinner or your parents are sinners and god's not going to forgive you this is a curse from god Mm. when when that is your experience then I think forgiving sins is probably more relieving than the physical healing. Yeah, it's the greatest yeah. miracle from the sequence that you are lining up. Yeah, and and so Jesus is reading the minds of the scribes and the Pharisees um, here. He he's no knows what they're saying, and the, he has this conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Why why are you saying that I can't forgive sins? God the Father can't forgive sins. Well, to show you, take up your bed and and go home. Mm -hmm. And he did that.
1: Yeah, for the Jews, which were very monotheistic, especially after the Babylonian deportation, they came back home, they tried to remove any pagan ideas, polytheistic pagan ideas. Now they are focusing on one God and one alone, And they could not reconcile that God in heaven uh, forgives sins. And there is another God present among them who can also forgive sins. Mm -hmm. So in their mind, it's a logical conclusion that one of these two is not God. And it seems that this guy who is like us, uh, we know his father and mother and brothers, he is blaspheming. That means he is taking some attributes of God and place them upon Himself, the power to forgive. And Jesus Christ answered, what do you question this? I'm going to give you a proof. And the miracle becomes a sign, becomes an illustration to the sermon. And Jesus said, what is easier, it's easier to say, your sins are forgiven or it's easier to say arise take up your bed and walk of course the first is easier because mm-hmm. you cannot control the, the fulfillment of that uh, statement yeah in, in
0: both Mark and Luke the response is all were amazed mm-hmm. um, and uh, I like to think when I read this that the scribes and the Pharisees were amazed too yes um, that they they saw this display and, um, you know, whether it stuck with them and it changed them, uh, whether it was a brief moment of realization of divinity or whether they were one of the ones in Acts who later came to, to be a follower of Christ. We don't know, but but when you see a miracle, it, it seems like it, it touched them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, people are touched by miracles only
1: for a short a transient period of time mm-hmm. and this is why god is using miracles as um, a way to support the word of god uh, remember on the day of resurrection when jesus christ joined those two very disappointed disciples on the way to emmaus mm-hmm. he did not perform any miracle he taught them from the scripture yeah what the bible says about messiah because those teachings can stay with them they can open the same Bible going to the same passages reading them over and over reinforcing their their faith. yeah so in this situation the miracle is important but it is just an illustration for the preaching of the gospel that Jesus was doing
0: exactly and you know Jesus even says that Satan can perform miracles mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. We, we can't just believe on miracles you mentioned
1: um, before that the Gospel of Matthew as one more descriptor of that uh, of the reaction of the Pharisees and the Mm Sadducees everyone was amazed says Luke and uh, Mark Mm -hmm. but Matthew said they were afraid yeah would you like to to come back to that and explain that the difference how they those two concepts work together
0: yeah so you know we we think of afraid as um, something to be repulsed something to be scared of something to eliminate from our lives Uh, but this concept of fear we need to understand it in the the way Matthew would have understood it and While there is an aspect of fear as we think about it, uh, something I want to be cautious around or avoid, there's more a respect. You know, I think of electricity. I have a fear of electricity. It's a respect for electricity. I'm glad it's there. I love electricity. It's good in my life, but I'm not just gonna go up, open the breaker box downstairs and start sticking screwdrivers Everywhere, and you respect the electricians. Yeah, I expect the electricians <laughs> who do the work, and and you know, so so we need to understand that this fear is more than just afraid. It's more a reverence, a respect, a all of that is tied in an awe for God, and it's very
1: uh, close to this uh, amazed mm-hmm. reaction of them.
0: Yeah. So, what does this section teach us about God?
1: well it um, talks primarily about Jesus who is God Mm -hmm. because only God can forgive sins yeah and um, as we study the other passage at uh, another healing of Bethesda um, only God has life in himself and also Jesus has life in himself and um, only God can resurrect the dead and also Jesus resurrects the dead Mm-hmm. And only God can perform the judgment, but in fact, all the judgment was given to Jesus Christ. So, this is an argument on that long list of divine attributes. They are shared by God the Father and Jesus Christ. Yeah. And we have some passages when they are shared by the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah. I, I think for me, what jumps out here is that God knows our heart, mm-hmm. He knows our thoughts, He knows. Um, the innermost being and and I, I think many times we try to hide that we even to God you know we're so used to presenting our best self to to our employers to our friends to those around us that we paint a facade that isn't really what's going on inside God knows what we're dealing with so how is this passage speaking to us today
1: when I hear the word, son, your sins are forgiven, mm-hmm. it kind of speaks to me. Yeah. It is when I come before the Lord and I confess my sins and I'm waiting for God's approval of our relationship and I'm waiting for the power to move on and to face the temptations of the evil one. Sons, your sins are forgiven. This expression directly spoke to me.
0: Mm-hmm. For me, it's the, when Jesus saw their faith, you know, this is the faith of the friends. Jesus forgave this paralytic's sins because of the faith of their friends. And I think of Job, you know, offering sacrifices for his children when they would go and party. And I, I think of the importance of intercessory prayer. And intercessory prayer what that is for anyone who's listening is praying on behalf of someone else. Mm-hmm. Um you know that that this is important praying for forgiveness of sins for someone else even mm-hmm. for healing for relationship with God. Um but this is what I see in this And story. also having friends, right? Or or offering
1: yourself to be someone else's friend because Psychologist mm-hmm. says that uh, the minimum number of four friends are necessary to uh, stay
0: sane or uh, emotionally balanced yeah and and the other thing here and again these friends I want to meet them in heaven mm-hmm. because they're friends with this paralytic sinner mm-hmm. you know um, and what kind of people would it take to to be someone who would be friends with someone who's paralyzed who's considered mm-hmm. a sinner to go pick him up and take him over to jesus and um, they must have been really good friends mm-hmm. so what are we going to do about it if i continue
1: on my line of mm-hmm. thoughts i would go and confess my sins yeah i would go to him for healing uh, i'll go to god for power and uh, I like to believe, as this key word in Mark tells, that immediately the problem will be solved.
0: And likewise, following my train of thought, reaffirming the intercessory ministry in mm-hmm. my life and, and taking that time to to pray for those um, in my sphere of influence who need, need God's interaction in somehow, uh-huh. some way in their life. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, how can we share this with others? If I have that experience
1: of forgiveness and I see that uh, that inner experience is supported by an outside or outer evidence, mm-hmm. we just glorify God out loud. Mm-hmm. And this is the way we share with
0: everyone. Let us have a word of prayer. Father God, we were created for worship. We were created to be in relationship with you and to dwell in your presence. And Father, I pray that we will come to you and seek forgiveness for sins. That we will pray for those around us and lift them up and, and seek to build their faith and their Trust in you. And that, Father, ultimately we will desire each and every day to get to know you more. Amen. And be in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.